Are you ready, kids? Aye, aye, Captain! Look at me, short. I'm the captain now. Welcome to the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Supercoach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dano, and with me as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Thanks, mate. Good to be here yet again. Um, yeah, look, I was on track for about 2,400 going into Sunday morning and, of course, my C was on Patrick Cripps, so that turned to shit pretty quickly. But anyway, we, we move on. At least I've still got Gorn and Steel. Yep, yep. True. Anyway, we go to the number one group rank this week uh, was Chris, and his team name is Luke Balls. Pretty good team name. Um, 2388 he had, and he owns Callum Mills. And he also obviously has Wits because Wits went fucking huge. Uh, no Crips. Pretty solid team, Pato. Yeah. Um, Mills I like as a POD. We might talk about him a little bit later. But, yeah, not a bad team. And, yeah, good on you for getting number one. Um, obviously no Crips, so... Definitely yep. with a shout if you got no Crips to be the number one in the group. Yeah, especially when you don't have him as captain. Who did he have as captain, actually? I'm assuming it would have been like Vice-Captain Gorn or something. I didn't actually did... check that. That's okay. It's all good. It would. I think it might have been something like that. Anyway, we've got injury. Oh, McCray. Yep. Well, that makes sense. Injuries and suspensions. we got Paddy Cripps. Um, so he got subbed out. Um, as everyone knows, but news just came in just as we were doing or about to start recording this podcast that he might actually play this week and the scans revealed that his hamstring wasn't as bad as first thought, Pato. Yeah, this is still danger signs to me, Dano. Yep. Because we're yep. talking about a guy that every single year since he broke out plays through injuries and it fucks his scoring. Yeah, okay. So, I mean, against the 0-4 Port Adelaide Power, do they really need to risk him? I mean, they did lose without him on Sunday, so maybe maybe they risk him, but I don't know. I'm still nervous. I still may trade him out. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I'd, I'd honestly hold if if you got Crips. That's me though. I I have a feeling Vossi might just give him a week off, and then see how he goes after that. Anyway, we got the next one. Braden Proust suspension. He's got one week offered. Uh, they won't contest because it was fucking stupid what he did. Um, so yeah, if you're a Braden Proust owner and you just traded him in or something, um, yeah, you miss him for a week. Uh, Pato, your thoughts? Yeah, this is why the, the Proust at R2 situation was really fraught with danger. Yeah. I, I, I'm actually happy with this because I can wait another week to bring him in. I'm definitely going to bring him in as my R3. Um, and it just gives someone another week of cash gen, whether that's Rochelle, although he's just reset, reset his break even. Yeah. Um, or whether it's another week of Raul. I mean, obviously, who goes out remains to be seen, but just gives me another week to work out who, who I want to get rid of based on the break-even. So, personally, yeah. I'm happy that he's missing a week. Um, they're also playing Melbourne this week, so he wouldn't have scored great anyway against Max Gorn. So, I don't think it's a bad situation. Um, and if you've got him at R2, I guess you've brought this on yourself. Yep, yep. Um, for all those, if they hear me sniffing and coughing, it's, uh, I could potentially have the spicy cough for the first time. I tested in the morning, so fingers crossed I don't. Anyway, we got Nick Nat up next. His knee, um, at least they said he's coming back in the second half of the season, most likely. Um, not not that great if you're a Nick Nat owner. I know um, our mate James has Nick Nat, and unfortunately he's going to have to trade him, but um, makes way for uh, Huge Dixon. Hugh Dixon that we like to call Huge Dixon. Um, he's going to surely, after his weekend, cement himself in that side a bit longer, Pato? Yeah, he'll probably split time with Bailey Williams. I think Bailey will come back into the team this week. And, I mean, Dixon has looked better than Williams. So, I think I think Dixon becomes that number one ruck. And we'll talk about him a little bit more in depth very soon, but he's got a very good run of uh, opponent rucks coming up. So, I think he's still an option, even though he's had a price rise. But we'll talk about him when we get to that. Yep. Um, next one's Mitchie Hinge. So you got a hip knock, subbed out. We're just going to wait for reports on him to see whether or not he's going to play or if he misses one week. I I would honestly hold with him. Um, Pato, your thoughts? Yeah, he may be the one to make way for someone like O'Driscoll. For me, um, he's the only obvious one, I think, to come out 
but I don't like it because someone that scored, what, an 85-odd and a 90-odd back-to-back mm. weeks, he could absolutely reset his break-even after a couple more games. So tough decision on Hinge. We'll wait for the news, but it's definitely not serious. It was, I think he just sort of got a knee to the hip and it's probably just too much pain to, to move on with that hip flexor injury. So he may even miss a week, but he can definitely break uh, reset his break-even very soon and we're, we're probably going to get a, a defender or two coming in very soon. We'll also talk about that shortly as well. Yep. Ollie Wine. So this has been one of the talking points of the preseason and off-season whatnot with players and their hearts. Um, so Ollie Wine's had um, what an irregular heartbeat and he couldn't play on. Um, he'll miss at least a week. He's getting monitored. I think Jed Anderson had the same thing. It's just come out with as well. That's why I didn't want to get his second shot. So, yeah, anyway, um, Ollie Wines, if you're an Ollie Wines owner, I'd actually be a bit concerned right now. Would you, Pato? Yeah, but I wouldn't be silly enough to have Ollie Wines. So that's... Um, <laughs> if you are an owner. Poking. Yeah, if I was an owner, I would probably try and jump off. Um, the situation as well as coupled with Port Adelaide's really poor start, I'd be jumping off that probably. Yeah, yeah. Scotty Lyson, another power player, shoulder. Um, have you heard anything on this one, Pato? Because there's people saying that he could miss up to six to eight weeks. Yeah, I've heard he's done a really serious shoulder. He's going to miss a, a good chunk of footy. So we'll wait for the club to say something official. Um, Ken Hinckley isn't a great coach, but one thing he does do for us super coaches is uh, he'll give us the news in these press conferences. So we'll probably know fairly early in the week, maybe Wednesday, Thursday, depending on when they train. They've got a Sunday game, which isn't great. But with Ken Hinckley, we'll probably know by maybe Thursday. So yeah. that's some relatively good news. Um, obviously, no one has set, but there is a rookie ruck, rookie price ruck that might come in to play as the number one ruck and become a really attractive fantasy uh, option for us super coach players. Also by the name of Hayes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yes. Must be something with rucks and haze. Um, Tristan Cherry uh, cut his head open, uh, spent a lot of time off the ground because uh, they had to fix some bleeding. Um, Pato, your thoughts on that one? Yeah, he came off and it was pissing out blood. So he spent about 10, 15, maybe even 20 minutes off the ground. I actually watched this game very closely because I had a lot of people playing in the Sydney versus North game. Um, came off, they patched that up. He came back on and it came back open again. So then he spent another five, 10 minutes off the ground and, and in that time, he just lost all his momentum. So I wouldn't be too worried if I was a cherry owner. I'm not a cherry owner. Um, Goldstein obviously played a lot more in the ruck just by default on the weekend. But North have the dogs on the weekend. Um, I would probably back Cherry to, to win that ruck battle, to be honest. Um, obviously, English is going to kill him around the ground. But when we're talking strictly ruck situation, um, I think Cherry can have a decent game and and reset that break even. So I wouldn't be too concerned about Cherry. Um, definitely don't panic and, and trade him out. He's still got man, man, much more money to make, I think. Yep. And Paddy Ryder suspended for two weeks. So it's good for people that still own Jack Hayes. Um, so hopefully we get another couple of weeks of cash generation off of him, Pato. Yeah, for sure. He's the logical one to come back in. Now, he obviously won't play the number one ruck role, but his break even is negative 15 so if he can come in and score a couple of 60s or 70s in that two weeks that Ryder misses, that'll do. And then we may have to jump off him at about 250, 300K, depending on what he can score. But just that extra couple of games that we really need from him. And then we can turn him into the other Hayes, potentially if Lysett misses a bunch of footy. So it's a pretty good situation with the, the rookie rucks issue, don't know. Yep, yep. Anyway, we'll go on to something a little bit more different. So we'll talk about some DPP additions that could occur next week. Um, Pato's listed down some certainties and possibles, but some of these certainties I'm actually not sure on. So maybe we should just go the ones that we think definitely will and then the ones that might. So not certainty, but we we believe that they will, whether or not it ha- something might change this weekend and it fucks up their percentage um, in their split. So anyway, one that we're, we're pretty safe on is Scotty Pendlebury, um, that he'll gain defender status, Pato. Yeah, for sure. Uh, most of these certainties, Dano, are, are over sort of 55% split in the new position. And the, the cutoff is 35%. So even if Penderbury spent 100% of his time in the midfield on the weekend, he'll still pick up defensive status. So yep. all the ones in this in this certainty list on the on the run sheet, Dano, they, they're definitely going to get that, that position. So Penderbury's an interesting one. We'll go back in, we'll go into that a little bit further when we talk about trading targets. But 
Um, if I was to tell you there was a, a defender averaging 107 and, and he's priced at what 500k, yeah, you'd be um, like, without telling him what his name is, you'd be pretty keen to bring him in, wouldn't you? Yeah, 100%. Um, the only issue is he's only a midfielder at the moment, so um, I feel like if he started off defense, um, he'd be in maybe 20% of teams. Um, and he's in more just what, 7%, I think it is, but he'd we'll be talk more about than that. that. Uh, maybe, I mean, there's still question marks. The guy's like what 34 years old. Um, Collingwood weren't predicted to do great things this year. So it, it might have been one of those ones where people looked over him a little bit. Um, but I think he's in the conversation now. And I think next week people might try and scramble to bring him in because all of a sudden they'll see him as a defender. We've mentioned him a couple of times on the podcast this year, Dano. And he's gone up in price since then. He's averaging 107 odds. So, yeah, I, he's definitely going to pick up that defensive status. And, yeah, he's an option in people's defense. He's averaging more than Jack Crisp. Yep, yep. Anyway, the next one's Dane Zorko um, getting defender status as well. Um, not really being talked about. I don't even know what his average is. Pato, what's his average? His average is 75. So um, Terrible. Not, not setting the world on fire, but he has had a 26 and a 52, and he's had two tons of a 116 and 105. And mm. they're sort of nursing him. Um, I don't like it because he's had some Achilles soreness. So I'd be waiting for that to clear up first. Uh, the low scores actually help his price to come down. So if he can get to about 400, 450,000 by the buyers, Dano. Good luck. Um, and, and he has no signs of that Achilles soreness, then he might be a really good option to bring in. So definitely want to keep an eye on, but not yet. But yeah, he's in the conversation now if he can get his average up. And we got Lukey McDonald gaining defender status. Pato has been very big on Lukey McDonald. He's only had the one real shit game where he had to play lockdown, but with Zeeble now looking like he's pushing forward, it, it's freeing McDonald up a lot more in defence to play that Seagull role, Pato. Yeah, once again, I've called it, don't I? Um, in the preseason, I mentioned that Luke McDonald was probably going to play halfback, and I thought Zeeble was going to be the one that might get moved elsewhere. Um, I thought maybe midfield was the go, but fuck, he looked good on the weekend, don't I, up forward. I think four goals, five goals, something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. Almost won them the game. Um that's how good he was up forward. So I, I think they'll persist with that for sure. Um, he, he's really good with his forward pressure as well, but that's what Zeeble does. He's, a, he's an animal like that. So, look, if you take out the, the uh, nominally against Brisbane from Luke McDonald of the 28, he scored 140, 88, and 101. Um, on the weekend, he played a wing role, which I don't love. Um, he did get up and down the, and the, the ground very, very well. Um, but I think once Polex back from injury, he'll move back to that half-back role and probably push, um, oh, what's his name? The, um, Flynn Perez um, out of the team and get that half-back role back. So I really like Luke McDonald. Um, you take out that, that score where he played as a lockdown defender against the Lions, um, and he's averaging about 105. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, he's a great price. He's at 383,000. He's currently in my team. Break even of 96. So you could probably afford to give him one more week if you want to have a look at him this week. And then Monday morning, he'll be a defender, 100%. So um, he's also playing the dog. So he may not score great against them. Um, Traditionally, a hard team to score against because they've got fucking six guys that can all go 120 plus. So that just doesn't leave that many points to to go. But yeah, Luke McDonald definitely one to keep an eye on for sure. Yep. Anyway, we'll go through the next couple because a lot of people already have him. So um, Tristan Cherry, uh, forward slash ruck swing, we think is going to happen. And Nicky Dacos, defender slash mid, which would be great with the O'Driscoll swing there um, if you're bringing in O'Driscoll. Um, the next one, Isaac Heaney, forward slash mid. I don't really think that it's going to really affect too many people in Supercoach because you want Heaney up forward and he's already listed as a forward, Pato. What are your thoughts? It's more just being able to have the flexibility, Dono. If you've got um, an Elijah Holland, for example, on your bench in your midfield and you've got a primo out in your midfield and you prefer your bench cut, say you've got Nick Martin, he's your F7, um, you've made a couple of upgrades and you prefer Heaney on, on your field if, you know, Jack McRae misses a game through COVID or injury or whatever. It's just, it's just good to have that flexibility, Dano, especially this year where, you know, COVID is around. So yep. it's, it's handy to have just to be able to swing guys around um, with DPP. Yep. And the next one's Nick Martin, forward slash mid as well. Uh, pretty much every man in his dog has him. That flexibility, like you just said, will be good. And Zachy Butters, I actually, I'm not, I'm not too sure on Zachy Butters at the moment because Port keep playing him up forward after the first, First two rounds he played mid, then all of a sudden they pushed him forward. But anyway, he looks like he's well, going to get forward mid status. 
Yeah, Butters is an interesting one because he had a collision with his teammate, um, Sam Pal Pepper, who's an absolute fucking unit. Um, and since then, the tackle numbers have gone right down. Um, first couple of weeks, he was getting double-digit tackles, tackles Dono, playing in that midfield, getting plenty of clearances, mm-hmm. contested ball, everything like that. And all of a sudden, they've moved him forward. He's clearly playing hurt. Um, and that is alarming. He, only, he had just the two tackles on the weekend. I don't know. He had 23 touches. Only five of them were contested. And he's floating up a lot. So he's clearly playing hurt. I'm very tempted to jump off until I see signs of health and then maybe jump back on or or turn him somewhere else. So I, I'm contemplating turning him into a Hugh Dixon or something, Dono, and just take the cash, Jen, and... Um, reassess the forward situation but okay i'm playing around with that yep okay um some possibilities we've got three possibilities ones the guy that i was kind of hyping up a little bit as a potential pod which was bailey smith now obviously bulldogs (laughs) um but he's he's actually playing really well and pato you think he might get forward status he would need to play pretty much 80 percent forward on the weekend which I mean, you can never really rule that out, can you? Um, but the guy's averaging 114, which he's flying under the radar because he's a midfield only. But if you you, you, put, you throw in a forward status there, all of a sudden you think, oh, maybe he's relevant. Um, and that's a higher average than Dunkley, mind you, who mm. a lot of people have. So one to maybe keep an eye on. Um, they are playing north. So maybe he's someone that might get thrown into the midfield and maybe they'll play McRae on the wing just to sort of not not rest him, but sort of cruise him through the, the North game and he, he's not necessarily needed and do some sort of in-game management like that. So keep an eye on where where Bailey Smith plays on the weekend. But if he can get forward status, it's, it's an interesting little discussion there. Rowan Marshall, um, forward slash ruck combo. Um, and Jason Horney Francis um, potentially could get forward status, which would be absolutely fucking amazing, wouldn't it, Pato? It would be, but Horn Francis played a lot of midfield minutes on the weekend and he mm. looked really good doing it. And I can't see him getting thrown back half forward. I think he's already moved himself into that midfield and he might have lost his opportunity to play as that forward. But that's fine. I mean, he's he's fine on your midfield bench until until the buyers re he'll he'll get to five hundred, five hundred and fifty thousand even, um, if he can keep playing those midfield minutes. So don't have to worry about Horn Francis. Um, with Marshall, he's probably ruined his chances at forward status because of Paddy Ryder. He'll play maybe 70, 80% ruck yeah. on the weekend. So that's probably not going to happen now, which is a little bit of a shame, but it is what it is. Yep. Uh, so, uh, so we've got three rookie trading options that we'll look at a little bit this week. Uh, first one's Huge Dixon. Okay, Huge Di- <laughs> Hugh Dixon. <laughs> 164K, minus 60 break-even, 66 average. Nick Natanui out, fucking... He is going to be solid, uh, Pato. We've already discussed that about him, but we move on to the next one, which is Nathan O'Driscoll, the bloke that I was talking up in the preseason. 167K, so he's already had the first price rise. Minus 54 break even. He's got a 57 average, but that's a sub-affected score in there, Pato, of an 18. So that's kind of actually helped keep his price down. It should be much higher. Um, And he scored 104 this week. So... Is one to absolutely fucking bring in, don't you agree? Yeah, both Dixon and O'Driscoll have both had one price rise already, but O'Driscoll's role looks really good on the wing, and Hugh Dixon obviously will probably move into that ruck one role with Nick Nat going down. So I think both of them have really good money to make, and O'Driscoll may even have a lower break even than this week if he can score big again um, because that 18 comes out of his rolling average. So... Look, I, I'm not expecting 100 every week from O'Driscoll. I mean, he hit a couple of goals, I believe, Dano, which probably blew out his score a little bit. Um, but playing on a wing, I can see him having a pretty good um, crack at it. Now, I think Sarong is due back this week. So maybe O'Driscoll moves around a little bit, but he looked too good on the wing to really move. So I don't even know who plays on their other wing, and I don't really care, to be honest. But um, <laughs> surely O'Driscoll doesn't move from that that position. He hit two goals, two, nine contested possessions, um, plenty of tackles. So they really like him and he looked good past the eye test. And yeah, I think he's still got heaps of money to make. So as a defensive rookie, um, especially if you're sitting on a Gibkiss or something, you're probably going to want him in so you can jump off Gibkiss. Even De Koning, um, his cash chain isn't looking great. So you probably want to try and jump off a Gibkiss soon. Maybe not yeah. this week, 
but soon. So I think you need O'Driscoll as that defensive rookie because there's none others really coming in soon. Skinner might play this weekend, but his job security isn't great. So, yeah. Next one we've actually got is Neil Erasmus. So O'Driscoll's teammate at 166K minus 30, break even 64 average. You're talking about who makes way for Sarong. I think it might be Erasmus. Um, what are your thoughts, Pato? Yeah, it could be. It's hard to say. Um, if he holds his spot, I think um, it's a decent shout. But yeah, with with Sarong to come back and Fife is probably still a month or so away, um, I don't love it. So I wouldn't be bringing Erasmus in unless you're desperate, especially at 166K. Um, yeah. The other two are probably really the only options. There's not a lot of rookies to come in this week. Um, there's a couple that really are, are tearing down the door from their VFL form, but I wouldn't be jumping on any of them if they announced as a debut. So kind of have to, to to hold out for a couple of weeks, Dano, unless you're bringing in Dixon or, and or O'Driscoll. Surprised Tonsi didn't actually get his debut, but anyway. Um, we've got some training. Well, mate, we knocked off Western Bulldogs, who are apparently pretty good. So um, <laughs> it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, that's fair. Trade-in targets in defence. We're going to start off with the guy that we keep saying, Georgie Hewitt. Four we always start off with. Georgie Hewitt. We're always starting off with Georgie Hewitt at the moment. 489K, 120 average, 57 break-even, 57% of teams. You've got to fucking have him. Simple yeah, he's absolutely must-have. And, it, and it's crazy because he's had three price rises and he's still really great value at 489,000. Um, yeah. Never in my wildest dreams did I think he would turn into such a locked-in keeper when I started him, but boy, am I glad that I jumped on him, Dano. Um, yeah, I mean, he tagged on the weekend. He ran with um, Took Miller and scored more than him um, the other yeah. way. So George Hewitt is looking like a must-have. The whole midfield's in there. Um, you know, Kennedy's been moved out of the midfield. Um, Walsh is playing on a wing. Um, yeah, that's how good Hewitt's been. And it's exactly what they needed. They needed that defensive-minded midfielder, and, that, and he provides that and still scores well. He gets his clearances. Get to contested possession. You even kicked a goal on the weekend, Dano. So yep. if you don't have Hewitt, I would be making this probably priority number one, um, getting him in because he'll be out of reach very soon. And you don't want to be paying probably more than 550000 for a defender, even if they're a keeper. So um, this year's value is really important because a lot of people have burnt through their trades. So yeah, this is probably the week if you haven't jumped on him already. And if you're not sold, surely you're sold now and you've just got to jump on him. Yeah, the next one we've got is his teammate Sam Doherty, who you said if they're past 550k and they're a keeper, you probably don't want to get him. He's 569k, 125 average, nine percent of teams, 78 break even. He is expensive, but he could be out of reach soon, Pato. So if you don't grab him soon, like can he maintain this? Is another thing. Um, I I would honestly just hold off on Doherty. There's going to be a time. There's only so many points that can be spread in that back line. There's going to be a time where Doherty does go sub 100, and that's when you're going to want to keep an eye on him, in my opinion. Pato, what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's almost this week or waiting for that down game. And the down game might not even happen, Dono. Um, he's looking amazing. Now, Carlton are actually playing a pretty patient game through their back line in order to attack. Now, their top three scorers on the weekend, Dono, were all defenders. Um, Zach Williams, Sam Doherty, Adam Saad, all their halfbacks. So they're kind of chipping it around between each other. Um, we jumped on Zach Williams at the wrong year, Dana. We're yeah, he's killing it this year. One. He's absolutely he is, killing he it. Um, yeah, I mean, he's fixed up his disposal because he doesn't have to sort of run and carry and, and find, a, find a, a target on the run. So it, it suits him a little bit. Um, all three of them are actually having really good years. I haven't put them on the run sheet because I didn't want four fucking Carlton defenders on the run sheet all in yeah. a row, but... <laughs> Um, they're all looking really good. So, yeah, you're probably going to want one of the three at least, Dano, as well as Hewitt. Um, it's just about picking the right one, really. Um, Doherty's probably the one, but, yeah, he's so expensive. And spending 570000 on a defender, I do not like the like of that. Do, I do not like the thought of. Thanks, yep. Sicily. We got next at 474K, 102 average, 33% of teams. Good value. Um, would... He'd make a pretty fucking good D6 by the end of the season. Have we seen enough from him, Pato? I think we have now. Um, has he dropped below 100? I think he has, I think. Yeah, but I reckon it was a 90-odd. So um, he's looked okay. Um, the, help, the, the knee risks are, of, are obvious um, coming off an ACL. Um, he's had 105, 84, 105, 113. So yeah. he hasn't had Solid. the monster scores, and he's probably not going to. But 
what, like, do you need more than that from a D6? Um, no. I think he's currently the D7 before all the all the um, position changes. So it's not a horrible shout. It's a value pick. Um, and as I said before, the value is going to be really important this year. So if you're looking at, at some value, maybe you want to trade Patrick Cripps. Um, I think you need to jump on someone that is value and maybe Cicely's your guy or the next guy we're about to talk about. Oh, so the next guy, I'm not, I'm not big on bringing this bloke in because I think if you had didn't start with him, you missed out. That's Dan Rioli. So 419K, he's averaging 98 uh, in 5% of teams. Looks great in his role. It's a contract year, but I think if you didn't start him, you've missed out on him, Pato. I don't think necessarily think that's true, Dano. So um, he scored 71 in round one where Carlton were, you know, just dominated us. And then he scored 111, 107 and 101. He passes the eye test as well. Um, I've watched him every week and he's looked really good uh, in that role. Um, he's made it his own contract year. So that is always a really good kicker for um, super coach scores and on-field performances because they're trying to secure that bit of extra bag. So and he's got Adelaide this week too, Dana, who don't mind bleeding points to, to halfbacks. So it's a little bit more risky, but again, it's a value pick at 419,000. Uh, break even of 39, so he's going to keep jumping up in price. Wouldn't surprise me if he finishes in that sort of top 10 to 12 range. Is he going to make that jump into top 10? I'm not 100% sure, but he's really good value at the moment. And he's a DPP, he's defense and forward. So that is helpful as well, especially down the track. Yeah, our next guy on the list is Justin McInerney at 411k, 96 average. He's got his injury affected 54 in there, 1.8% of teams. Looked fucking awesome. Um, had a huge impact last round. Great value. Um, Pato, your thoughts? Yeah, just the two games, 54 in round one when he got injured and then 137 against North. So I think his average probably falls somewhere in the middle there. Whether that's 90, whether that's 105 um, remains to be seen, but his next two are West Coast and Hawthorne, Dano. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, it's pretty juicy. So his first price rise is coming. His break-even is 51 after he plays that game, um, the 54 – no, sorry, the 54 jump out in two weeks of his rolling average. So McInerney isn't a bad shot. Anyone that watched this game, you couldn't help but think, oh, oh, McInerney. Like, it, he just put forced himself into that conversation. The fourth quarter, he had something ridiculous, like 14 touches and – kicked a goal and he was he was mm. unbelievable Dano so I think he's got to be in the discussion but if you think of a top six to eight perspective I don't know if he jumps into that group but you never know and he's really good value at 411,000 yeah anyway we'll move on to the mid so his teammate Callum Mills 586k 108 average one percent of teams huge POD uh tagged in round three has um some defensive work and he has done previously but he did fine Pato your thoughts yeah, he, he does do some tagging, but scores pretty well in that. He gets plenty of tackles and contested possessions playing that role. So, look, it's not a bad shout. He's in his 1% of teams, and I feel like that's because of that Achilles soreness from the preseason. But I think he's done enough now to show that he may be a really good scorer. Uh, and I, I like it as a POD. I'm, I'm shocked that he's in so little teams, and I feel like he should be in your discussion if you're looking for a Crips replacement. You've got to find what's that, 60000 to to make it work. But yeah. I like Keller Mills as an option. And our next bloke is Ben Keys uh, at 598K, 125 average, 2% of teams. Uh, his break-even is, what, 129? Is it, Pato? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 129. Yeah. Um, he's one that I chucked in on the run sheet at the last second because I just I, I rewatched the that Adelaide game and he's fucking killing it. And you... Man's a beast. It's it's what I love. I love the fact that these taggers, so you're like Hewitt and that, they've been tagging in the past. And once they finally get the ability to run free and do what they want, they're actually beasts. Um, is it sustainable? I think it actually is. Uh, Pato, your thoughts? I don't think it's sustainable. Ooh. Last year was was his first sort of year playing a proper midfield role, and he averaged 103. And he showed potential of this scoring, but he also showed potentials of 70s and 80s. And that ain't going to cut it if you're going to bring him in, um, especially at 598,000 donor. I think there's better players available cheaper. And that's where I don't love it. But from a POD perspective, um, he passes the eye test now because he's still playing that midfield role, even with Laird back. Crouch, is, his time on ground is, is pretty low. Um, 
Schoenberg's still sort of running through there. But look, he looks good. Um, he's 25. He's played 70 games. So he is in that sort of break. You there, Pato? Oh, we've lost Pato, so we're going to keep on pushing through. I don't know what's going on there. Pato, you might want to log out and log back in again. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I think that um, Ben Keys will be sustainable. Um, Pato disagrees. <laughs> Once we fix these de- technical difficulties, Pato will be back in. Um, Scott Pendlebury is our next bloke at 522K at 107 average, 1.4% of teams. Uh, he'll gain DPP. Uh, Pato, as mentioned earlier, said to jump on early. Um, are there durability concerns potentially? Um, Pato, are you there? I, I'm here. I, I can hear you. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. You're back on. Brilliant. Okay. I don't know when I, I cut out, but I apologize for that. But yeah, Pendlebury is an interesting one. 522,000. So he's pretty good value if you just imagine he's a defender, which he will be next week. So 107 average is very, very big POD as well at 1.4%. But as I said, there are question marks. Um, there's the age. There's you know how good a Collingwood actually going to be this year. Remains to be seen. I know they've started off pretty well, but that's going to drop off pretty quickly, I think. And, um, yeah, maybe that makes Pendlebury a not great option, but a, a pretty good POD if you want to take the risk. Yep, yep. Next one we've got is Darcy Parrish at 584K, 107 average, 7.5% of teams. Um, drop below 600K. Um, I think he's got... Anzac Day coming up too, Pato? Yes, Anzac Day is coming up in two weeks. Um, it's the 25th every year. Yep, yep. So and we know he, a guaranteed and we know, game. We know he loves a big score on Anzac Day. So, look, if I decide to trade out Patrick Cripps, this is the guy I'll be bringing in for sure. Now, he's only averaging 107 so far. I reckon from this point on, don't know, he'll average 120. And I, I feel like... You'll end up regretting that trade last week. That's just my opinion. Um, no, I'm not regretting it at all. We'll, we'll see how you feel like in a month. I don't mind a bloke that can score in the 90s off 17 disposals compared to a bloke that needs 30 disposals just to crack 100. We'll see how it plays out. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm surprised that you left Tom Green off this run sheet, Bado. I'm actually surprised. Um, but anyway, we can't fit everyone in, but Tom Green... Lockety lock. Um, Luke McDonald, which now I understand why he's left him off because Pato wants to talk about his boy. Luke McDonald, 383K, 89 average, 100. Um, without that one game he played lockdown against Brisbane, um, should gain DPP. Pato, talk away. Yeah, no, I, I probably said enough about Luke McDonald earlier on, but yeah. I'm huge on this. Um, I've got him in my team. 383,000. Um, next week when he's a defender and, and scores another 100 odd this week, you're going to want to try and get him in your team and he'll be over 400,000 by then. So really great value pick. Um, at this rate, it looks like he'll be my D6 and I just have to make one more upgrade in my defense. So yep. I'm happy with that situation. Um, try and get Doherty in at some stage. Yep, yep, fair. Anyway, in the rucks, we've got Timmy English up. 539k, 118 average, 25% of teams, 69 break even. Still a pretty good option. Um, he could be a top six forward too, the way he's going as well. So don't know when Steph Martin's coming back. Um, but yeah, Tim English could be out of reach soon, Pato. Yeah, he had a slightly down game on the weekend, but Nankervis absolutely bullied the fuck out of him. Um, I went to the game and it was actually pretty funny to watch. Um Maybe, maybe he just sort of shown the, the blueprint of how to get through him um, by just being really rough with him. But, yeah, the Steph Martin situation is interesting. Um, Steph Martin did play reserves on the weekend at 21 touches and 12 hitouts. So maybe he comes in and, and they dual ruck from this week. We'll see how that plays out. But as long as he keeps being the number one ruck, um, he's a really great option. But... Yeah, you've just got to be careful of Steph Martin. That's the only caveat. Yeah. But if he keeps up this ruck one role, he'll be out of reach very soon. Yeah. And the next guy that we got is Maxi Gorn at 617K, 114 average, 40% of teams, 86 break even. He's trending upwards. A lot of people are like, oh, Gorn's going to fucking be on the decline. So he started off round one with a 92 and he had six frees against or something, didn't he, Pato? It was fucking insane. Yeah, round one and two, we had a bunch of clangers, um, and that's really and freeze against. Yeah, they, and then yeah, round... a, free, a free against is class as a clanger. Oh, okay, I did not know that. There you go. More, you know. Yeah, so freeze against turnovers, everything like that. It's all clangers. 
Uh, cool. Round and then round two, he had an eighty-eight. But then round three, according to people, he didn't play good and got one hundred and seventeen. Then round four, the big one sixty. And King Maxi is back. So yeah, um, he's if you didn't start him, um, I think I I believe he he needs to be a must-have. Um, it looks like that the two rucks will probably end up being gone in English at this rate, unless Grundy can pull his finger out. Yeah, totally agree. Um, and he's got Matt Flynn on the weekend, who he absolutely destroyed last year. So yep. he'll, be, he'll be my captain if Lockie Neal doesn't score 150, which I'll be shocked if he doesn't. Um, but we'll get into that later on. Yeah, yeah, he's my VC this week, but we'll get into that later on. Anyway, forward line, we got big Isaac Heaney. 528k, 125 average, 41% of teams, 92 break even. Looks to be top three forward. Might be out of reach soon for people. Um, had a relatively down game, but still kicked clue cut, uh, two clutch goals and had 11 tackles, Pato. Um, yeah, he was a bit unwell before the game, according to reports, and he only just sort of got up to be able to play and didn't have, like, he was good, um, but he didn't have much of an impact until the last quarter where he kicked two goals in the last five minutes to pretty much ice the game. North are actually really good and we're pretty unlucky not to win the game. Sydney really only played a quarter and and won the game from there. So look, I'm nervous. I'm really nervous, Dano, because he's 528,000 and his next two, well, they're the same as Keller Mills, West Coast and Hawthorne. Yeah, I just find it funny that he's had a down game and still popped out of 131. He got scaled up about 40 points after the, the siren. Um, because of his two clutch goals. so I'll take that. <laughs> well, yeah, as an owner, you would. But, yeah, I'm very nervous as a non-owner. Um, it's making me very, yeah, very, very big FOMO um, on this one. Yeah, like, He will have that one down game, which will make him attainable. Uh, but at what stage do you say that he might score 140 in the next two weeks and, and just you're too far behind points-wise? So... Yeah, Heaney's looking like a must-have. Well, here's a one that I've got FOMO on, and he's one of my Giants boys, and that's Timmy Taranto at 535K, averaging 110, 20% of teams, 82 break-even, flying a bit under the radar. He's a fourth-ranked forward right now. Um, we thought that his scoring wouldn't be that great with um, Toby Green out and he'd play more forward, but he's actually fucking killing it. So, yeah, I think once even Toby comes back in, Taranto's scoring might even go higher. That's that's how fucking scary this is, Pato. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah, for sure. We, we thought, yeah, let's just wait it out. Wait for Tom uh, Toby Green to come back and Taranto will move into that midfield role. But wherever he plays, the footy just finds him. That's how good he is. He's at every stoppage. Um, starts sort of half forward, but then floats up into stoppage. It's just like Toby Green does. He's playing that Toby Green role. So you can only imagine what he's going to do once he moves into that midfield. So. Pretty scary not having him, Dano. Good on the 20% odd teams that do have him. Um, flying a bit under the radar because Tim English and Isaac Heaney are going nuts, but Taranto has to be in your thinking. Yeah, 100%. And then we've got Will Brody. 355k, 101 average, 43% of teams, minus 16 break even. Don't think he's a keeper, but his time on ground percentage has been slowly increasing each week. And we said it was only a matter of time before he was going to get that 100-plus score because his time on ground has been so low, but it's improving. And what happens on the weekend, Pato? He gets in the 130s. So, yeah, I, I can, they, they recruited Brody for a reason. They basically told him, apparently, this is what I've heard, that he needs to fix his fitness up. Um, and basically, they'll give him a chance. And he looks like he has been. And he, the reason why he wasn't getting games at the Suns was because he just couldn't run out games. So it looks like he's slowly starting to get there and he's fucking looking magic. Well, he's pretty much come in to replace Chera um, as that inside mid role. Yeah. Brody had a ridiculous 21 contested possessions, Dano. Um, now, I don't know what the record is, but I know it's in the 20s. And for a guy playing, what, his 20-odd, I think he's played 20-odd games. Um, that's kind of a guess, but I think it's about that. Um, to have that sort of impact on a game in just 73% of game time is absolutely ridiculous. Now, I tweeted earlier on today, Dano, that, is Will Brody a keeper? As a discussion, I think we need to have. If people think he's a keeper, I think he's a trading option right now, even if you didn't start him, because 355000 for a guy that can average 100 um, is great value. Absolutely great value. He's going to break even if he's still in the negatives, negative 16. So 
look, whether you consider him a stepping stone or whether you consider him maybe your F6 at the end of the year, um, it's risky because if it goes onto the lower end of the spectrum and he averages 90 from this point um, and you bring him in, your F6 could be going in leagues. It could be coming up against Toronto or English or yeah. Butters um, and a healthy Butters against a Will Brody who will probably fade out later on in the year, maybe because of his fitness issues um, would make me very nervous. And obviously we haven't seen Fife in that midfield group either. So look, it's a very tough decision. Um, would it surprise me if he averaged sort of 100 to 105 for the, for the year? No, it wouldn't. Um, so I think it's a discussion that needs to be had. It's a tough decision and you've almost got to make it this week. Cause I think he'll probably be over 400,000 next week, especially after another big sort of one thirty game on the weekend. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you don't consider him a keeper, I would not be trading him in. Definitely not. Um, he's got Essendon on the weekend too, Dano. So that's a pretty choosy matchup. Hmm. Yeah. All right. We'll go to the um, listener questions. We've got three here. Um, one of them's pretty much already been answered, though, by Tate, uh, which is who's getting DPP. He also wanted to say his draft team is so shit that they gave him COVID. Um, he seriously tested positive on Sunday, and his team as a whole scored 555. <laughs> that's fucking bad. <laughs> Yeah, that's um. I don't know how many players are on his field for that, but Jesus, he must have pricks. He must have butters. He must have yeah, some some really shit players. So unlucky, Tate. Um, we've already gone over who's getting DPP anyway. Think about that while locked up at home. Yeah, we're already we're already gone over who's getting DPP. So we'll skip Tate's. But thanks for the laugh there, Tate. Um, then we got Sam. So he said, which cash cows are on the cusp of being cut? Um. He's mentioned a fair few names here. Um, he's actually mentioned Cherry as one of them that might get cut, but I don't think he will. So he said Ward from Hawthorne. I don't think he's going to get cut. I think his teammate McDonald potentially might, Pato. No, I think he's talking about cash cows that are ready to be traded. Um, not oh, necessarily. Yeah, okay. Um, That's fair. Well, I, I reckon so, McDonald might actually be cut from the team at this rate. Yeah, I have a bad feeling that McDonald's had a really really poor timing on his bad game because Tom Phillips and Shields both played in the VFL and were probably their two best on ground and they both play on the wing. So McDonald consider, can consider himself very nervous. Now he's only 171,000, which absolutely sucks. Yeah. Um, but if he's not named, maybe you jump off and do a bit of a sideways to, um, to an O'Driscoll, but you think of the, the cash gen that that is worth the trade. So maybe yep. that's your thinking if he doesn't get named. Um, yep. I mean, there's a discussion around Matt Rowe. Do we think that he's sort of done with? I think you hold on to him. Someone that can score as high as he does, you've got to hold on to. Um, but the Saints are pretty hard to score against traditionally this year so far. So, um, what about Bowie? Be, uh, Bowie, I'd be jumping off as well. Um, he's a perfect really? trade to O'Driscoll, I think. Yeah. What about if you've already got O'Driscoll? If you've already got him, you probably hold on to him. Um, his break even's only 82. So I guess you hold on to him and, and hope that he scores well because then he's got Richmond and Hawthorne will probably um, bleed a fair bit of points in that halfback line. So maybe he's a hold. Um, Hinge is a very, very tough decision because as we mentioned before, um, he's got, got the potential to score sort of 70 to 90 odd um, week to week. But if you need to jump off someone in order to get O'Driscoll, I think Hinge is probably the one. Um or Gibkiss. Gibkiss is probably yep. ready to go, maybe, um, without knowing his break-even off the top of my head. Um, oh, his break-even is 17, so he can easily get that this week. But it's about the overall cash gen, and Gibkiss isn't going to make, what, 200,000 like O'Driscoll probably will. So a few very tough decisions, Dano. Um, I don't know if it's desperate to jump off guys yet, Um because we don't really have those sky-high break-evers. And we saw with Josh Rochelle, a lot of people jumped off him last week. Yeah. And all of a sudden, he scored 106 and had a really good game because he only played Essendon. Um, now it resets. Now he's, and now his break-even is back at 10. Um, if he if he kicks a couple of goals against Richmond on the weekend, then um, all of a sudden, he's looking at another 100K. So, <coughs> excuse me. Excuse me. Um, and then he's got the Bulldogs, which are probably a pretty tough matchup as well. So... But, yeah, all it takes is a couple of goals. He's a, he's a real X-factor player. He's had a, a couple of CBAs, not on the weekend, but previously. And, yeah, 
I think he's a really high potential scorer. So Rochelle for me last week was an easy hold. Yep. And I can't think of anyone else that's an obvious trade out. Cherry is definitely a hold for me with that ruck run role. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. Ward's yeah. a tough one because he plays a good role, but his scoring isn't great. But yeah, it all, it all depends really um, on what cash cows you don't have and, and whether you've got the cash trend sitting there or not. Yeah. Anyway, we've got another one from Ryan. Oh, this will be good. Oh, here we go. After the wines incident, do you boys think I should be getting my booster shot? Should we Should we go into this, Dano? No. Nah, should we really? No. 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 All I'll nah. say is I had my booster a few weeks ago and I'm fine. Um, I've, I've I'm had very tired for a Tied for a week. I had a couple of assignment um, extensions uh, granted, and, and I'm fine now. So, and I and I drink energy drinks every day. So, my heart's fine. Um, if my heart's fucked, it's from the energy drinks. It's not from the booster. Ooh. So let's move on. Okay, so I've actually got a very very late question, and it's actually a trade question. Very Ooh. late. So this is from Josh. So Josh has said, "Hey, um, I'm looking at this trade. What do you guys think?" So he's trading out Bowie Crips. Jack Hayes trading in O'Driscoll, Andy Brayshaw, and Isaac Heaney. And he has 11,500 left over if he does that trade. Well, one, I don't like using the three, the, the trade boost, but he wants us to review it. So, Pato, do you like the sound of that trade? Sorry, read the trade out again. I was looking at my Twitter mentions. So it's Bowie, Rips, Hayes out, O'Driscoll, Brayshaw, Heaney in. Now, I think you got to hold Paddy Cripps myself, um, but he's looking at a forward, like he's get, basically getting Isaac Heaney in. So, uh, I, cannot, I cannot condone trading Jack Hayes because yeah, okay. he's going to play this week. Now, if you can somehow swing Bowie for Heaney, oh, you probably have to do another trade. So, look, yeah. if you go Cripps, Cripps and Bowie to Heaney and, and O'Driscoll, I don't mind that. Because you're not losing out on a primo, you essentially trading Crips for Heaney as a primo. Uh, Hayes has got more money to make, so I would not be doing that. Um, Hayes yeah, has still I'll, got a break even in the negative, so I'll say no to that as well. Um, he said that he could. Oh, Jesus Christ! The updates. He said that he could also trade Josh Ward or Durden rather than Hayes. Oh, I still don't like trading out Patrick Crips to be honest. If you've got him, you got him for a reason. Like yeah, I wouldn't be getting off Durden as well. What's he done wrong? Um, he's had COVID. That's it. Yeah, and he plays bottom of the ladder this week. And Ward, Ward, I feel like Ward's like one good game away from a massive price rise. Like we we know that he can play huge in it. Like the preseason game, he had that fucking insane game. Even though he didn't have Mitchell and that around, the way that Sammy Mitchell's actually rotating everyone through the middle at the moment, it wouldn't surprise me if he plays fucking Ward the whole game in the middle. And, and all he, it takes is, an a, is a Jager O'Meara injury, which happens pretty much every year for, <laughs> for Ward to get that extra opportunity in the midfield. And maybe you'll score back-to-back 80 or 90s and all of a sudden his gas gen's accelerated. So, yeah, yeah, I don't love trading out Ward. Um, I definitely don't love trading out Durden. Crips I can get around because of his body issues, but I wouldn't be jumping off cash cows that early. That's how you come to regret your decision to in two weeks' time when they're all of a sudden made 100,000. Yep. You got any last-minute questions come in, Pato? I've had a few on my Twitter, which I'm kind of replying as I'm going. I should just say that I uh, answered on the podcast. Um, I had one about Rao um, and my thoughts yep. on him and whether he can go back to his week one role. Yep. Um, his role is pretty much the same as week one. Um, just not getting the pill. Yeah. I don't know whether it's his body. Um, this is Ben Henderson on Twitter, uh, by the way, so I must add that. Thanks for the question. Um, yeah, look, he's another one that's probably one big game away from, from accelerating that cash gen. Now, whether that happens this week, I don't think so. St. Kilda are a really good contested um, footy winning team. They've got Brad Crouch. They've got, um, obviously, Jack Steele is probably the best in the business at that. Um, so maybe it's not this week um, without knowing their fixture in the, the next few weeks, which I will look up right now. They've got, got Brisbane, Brisbane next week, yeah. which isn't a great matchup, but then he's got Collingwood, and I can see him going big against Collingwood. Sydney's not a great matchup. Freya's probably not a great matchup, and the Bulldogs aren't a great matchup either. That's his next six. So, look, he's someone that can score you 70 to, to 110 every week up until the bye. Uh, whether you're happy or not with that is probably up to you. Um, 
but he's probably someone that's an easy, an obvious trade to maybe a Clayton Oliver in a couple of weeks. Um, Oliver has has been down the last couple of weeks. He's had some big tags. Now he's got the Giants on the weekend, so we know Leon Cameron's going to do us a favor there and tag him out of the fucking game. Um, who's uh, yeah, Oliver's had 87, 87, and 67 in his last three against the Giants. So that's pretty juicy, Dano. Um, and with a break-even of 162, you'll get about half that. His break-even will go up even higher. And all of a sudden, it'll be sub 600,000. So all, you'll only need a couple hundred thousand to get from Router to Oliver. And I think that's a really good upgrade. But you just got to wait for the value to appear. Um, Oliver had 68 on the weekend, and he'll probably have, score about the same this week, I think, Dano. And be very cheap in a couple of weeks. So I think you've got to hold off on Raul, um, especially considering the, the potential um, of scoring big. And you just need one more game and you'll get up to 450K. So the role hasn't really changed. You did a little bit of tagging against Melbourne, but I don't think that's going to stick around. Um, yeah, I'd yep. be holding Raul. Yep. Anyway, we're not called the Supercoach co-captains for nothing. Every week we give you guys the VC and C options to further better your team. So Thursday, 14th of April, we've got Brisbane versus Collingwood. And we already said earlier very quickly who our VC is going to be. Pato, who's your VC going to be this week? Lockie Neal. Lockety. Fucking Lockie, Lockie Neal. Lockety lock that shit up. Um, you got some other people in this game, but I think Lockie Neal is going to be the major one. You got to, you got to chuck the VC on him. You got it. No yeah, brainer. Um, especially with uh, the Predator to come back into the team after through suspension. Um, I don't know what the Taylor Adams situation is, whether he'll be back or not, but if Taylor Adams doesn't play, Lockie Neal could score 180, Dano. Um, <laughs> Collingwood aren't good defensively in that midfield. So, yeah, and it's a Thursday night game, so it's an easy VC. Surely you've got someone not playing after that game, and, um, yeah, happy days. Yeah, I'm not even going to mention the others. Um, Lockie Neal's it. Friday, North Melbourne versus Western Bulldogs. Marvel Stadium. We've got two Friday night. Oh, sorry. That's a Friday Arvo game. Not even night game, Pato. It's 4.20. Blaze it. Yeah, Marvel. it's a good Friday. So 4.20, blaze it. Fucking Jack McRae against North Melbourne. Fucking, I, I could see the Bont going bananas. He's flying under the radar a bit at the moment. He's averaging in the, like 115 or something. He could go bananas against North Melbourne, Pato. Yeah, Jack McRae, I actually think, might get Kane Turner on the weekend. So I think Dunkley is maybe a better option. Bailey Smith. Um, especially as a VC, if for whatever reason you don't have Lockie Neal or you think he might score not great against Collingwood, um, I think Dunkley will have the big game. Um, they seem to be alternating. They know that's the trend. Um, McRae will go big one week and Dunkley will be down and then they'll alternate the, the following week. So maybe this is Dunkley's turn to, to have a big one. Or just go Bailey Smith and get the 130. Yeah, if you've got him, um, he'll probably score big at the playing north. So, yeah. Um, anyone from north that you like, Pato? Yeah, Aaron Hall. Um, probably not going to have a lot of forward pressure against him. Um, the Bulldogs like to run one way, and it's not defensively. Yep. So, yeah, um, yeah Aaron Hall's not a bad shout to bounce back after a couple of sub one hundred games. Shockingly, um, but I'd be looking at a dogs play here. I think they could win and win fairly large. If people remembered last year, they won by about one hundred and twenty about 12 months ago. So could be a, a repeat there. Hopefully not if there's any North fans listening for your sake, but um, this could get ugly. Yep. Um, Just so quickly, the Dana, I know oh, yeah? they're trying to make Good Friday a bit of a spectacle and, and respect the, the the traditions of around Easter and they're trying to make a couple of footy games worth watching, but these are both fucking shit-ass games, Dana. Yeah, the next one's West Coast versus Swans. <laughs> At Optus Stadium, um, These two, PM. Team, uh, two games, except for the, the fans of the four teams. Like, I got no interest in watching these games except from a super coach perspective. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, well, Callum Mills versus Eagles. If you're in the one percent of teams that have him, I don't mind that as a cheeky option there, Pato. Yeah, look, uh, West Coast don't have anyone worth tagging, so Callum Mills will probably get let off the chain. Isaac Heaney, and um, probably. Uh, yeah, Isaac Heaney could get off as well. Um, yeah, both really good options. I can actually see Jeremy McGovern getting a fucking another high as score. Just, man is underrated as fuck this year. He is, yes. Yep. Yep. Oh, he is, yes. Yeah, enthusiasm. Um, Saturday. Saturday. St Kilda versus the Gold Coast Suns. Fourth versus ninth. Ugh. As it, oh. That's disgusting, even thinking that St Kilda are fourth. Um, anyway, 1.45 p.m. 
it's going to be Steele v. Took uh, Miller for this one, surely. Yeah, Jack Steele is the one for me. Um, yeah, Mr. Reliable. Um, probably going to go big, I think. Yep, yep, that's fair. That's fair. I can't really see any other options in this one. Um, nah. Oh, Jack, Jack Sinclair might have a solid game again. I don't think he's dropped below 100, Pato. He hasn't, but with, with his hammies, I don't like him as a trading option. That's why he hasn't made the the run sheet. But if you've got him, um, maybe worth a cheeky VC, but surely you've got better options than that, especially this week where it looks like there's quite a few really good options. Yep. Anyway, Adelaide versus Richmond. Uh, Adelaide Oval, 4.35 p.m. on a Saturday. Got anyone in this one, Pato, that you like? Not really, don't I? Not even your boy Short? No. No, I don't love it. Um, I like Ben Keys. Yeah, that's not a bad shout. I like Keys if you've got him as a POD. Or Rory Laird, not that he's in many teams, um, but he's starting to find his feet after missing a couple of weeks of preseason. So maybe Laird will get off the chain again against the Tigers. But yeah, other than that, I don't really love this game from yeah, a super coach perspective. That's fair. Um, Melbourne versus the Giants. First versus 13th at the MCG, 7.25 p.m. on the Saturday. And I'm hoping I don't have COVID because <laughs> I want to go to this. Pato, you got anyone? Big Max. Yeah, my captain will be in this game if for whatever reason Lockie Neal doesn't go big, um, and that's Max Gorn. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair shout. Scored 160-odd last year against Matt Flynn, and um, I can see something similar happening. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I don't mind Christian Petrarca in this one too. I don't think the Giants have anyone that can keep up with him. The only one that potentially could would be Tommy Green, but he's not going to be out. He, was, he won't have the speed. So someone, I, I, I spoke to someone about this today, Dan. I can't remember who I was talking to, but not super important. I reckon GWS might opt for a double tag in this game. What, Ash on Petrarca and... DeBoer or I reckon Oliver. they could send Matt DeBoer to Oliver, and I reckon they could send Lockie Ash to Petrarca. Yeah, that's what I just said. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. You, you, you're cutting out a little bit on my end. Hopefully, it's not coming through on the recording, but um, uh, coming through perfectly fine, mate. But yeah, that's what I just said. But that's that'd be yeah, an interesting right. one. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's going to work because I think Melbourne have too many weapons to, to negate those two, and, and others will just sort of jump in and play that role. But it might work. You never know. Um, it's the sort of game that the Giants would win Dano after losing to fucking Gold Coast last week. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, as long as it wasn't, last week. it wasn't Gold Coast last week, by the way. It was Frio, but... Oh, it was Gold Coast the week before. I know. They beat the Gold Coast Suns. Oh, right. Frio. Yeah, same shit. <laughs> it was Frio. Um, Tommy Green to bounce back in this one and just drift to wherever the fuck he wants and kick a couple of snags and get about 25 to 30 disposals. I can see that happening. Um, yeah. Other than that, Maxi Gorn is probably the big one. I Actually, Lukey Jackson, as a really weird POD option, I can see destroying the shit out of the Giants. Yeah, Luke Jackson's in like 20% of teams. Oh, fuck. Did not realize that. <laughs> oh, there you He's go. in an absurd amount. Yeah, right. Well, I can actually see him going all right against the Giants. So I don't know whether it's going to be huge, huge. He might scrape 100, but he might go 140 or I don't know. But yeah, he's a real big, like a POD captain option. I don't think any any people will be considering him, but it could happen. I, don't, I can't really see anyone that can keep up with Lukey Jackson either. Anyway, we'll move on to Sunday. Carlton versus Port Adelaide. I, oh, oh, I don't actually like many in this game, Pato. Doherty. As a reliable captain. Doherty, I like. So I think this could be Doherty's down game. He's due. Um, Ford pressure is pathetic. I can't see I can't see it happening. If Ollie Wines isn't playing, if they play Zach Butters back in the middle, I can see him going all right, but I don't know whether he's going to be like captain material all right. No. Um yeah. No, we'll skip that one. Essendon versus Fremantle at 4 40 p.m. at Marvel Stadium. I don't mind an Andy Brayshaw in this one at all. I think Marvel will suit Andy, actually. I know you don't want to say it. Oh, no, Parrish will be one. Darcy Parrish for sure. But uh, I'm trying to think of anyone else. I don't really... Essendon don't tend to tag, so if you're a Brayshaw owner, it's probably not a bad shout. Yeah. I can't really think of anyone else in this game, to be honest, Pato. No. Oh, Sean, if you're one of the few people that has Sean, is Sean Darcy even playing? He played, yeah, he played against the Giants. Yeah, yeah, he did. Sean Darcy could come back this week and absolutely bully the shit out of Draper. 
He could, but Essendon are going with the twin ruck setup at the moment. So, a bit of a tag team action. Yeah, okay. Now, we'll move on to Monday. Um, 11th versus 5th at the MCG. Hawthorne versus Geelong. Now, we know that Hawthorne have been leaking the fuck out of points to midfielders. Um, so, this one, who have you thought of uh, as a C option in this one, Pato? If you're a Dangerfield owner, I like that. He could uh, oh, yeah. go big against the Hawks. Yep. Yep, don't mind that shout at all. Um, Maybe Tom really... Stewart after a week off might uh, have a big game. No, I don't know. But I don't, I don't like love Tom it Stewart as a captain. Yeah, I don't like him as a C. Just like officially, you know, he's going to score okay, but he's not C-worthy. But no. like Dangerfield could pump out a 150 this week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, Cam Guthrie, maybe. He's been a bit down lately. He could bounce back. Um yeah, that's all I can really think of, Pato. Yeah, that's about it. Yep, cool. Uh, Pato, do you want to say your Twitter handle? Yeah, um, pretty popular at the moment, don't know, but it's <laughs> SCCC. So that was at P-A-T-T-O-S-C-C-C because I laugh over when Pato just said it. Mine is at D-A-N-E-O-S-C-C-C. Um, <laughs> Pato's just got to lay off the Twitter beef for a bit. He's got to have a detox. Uh <laughs> Oh, Jesus Christ, Pato. Anyway, from us at the Supercoach co-captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Pato. And this is us signing... The fuck off. Don't trade your primos. Oh, my fucking God.